Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, Big Z here. Um, the, the Blue Kool-Aid drinkers are back this week, and we're going to be discussing a little bit about the current situation with the NFL and COVID. So there's a training camp supposedly coming up, but there's an opt-out deadline, things of that nature. We're going to get into that for a little bit, and then to the crux of the episode is talking about our boy, Matt Stafford. Talking about a little bit of the beginning of his career, his career as a whole, how the media portrays him, top three plays and games that he's been in. Uh, so it's all Matt Stafford. If you're a believer, great. Listen in. If not, we'll try to convince you otherwise. Thank you, everybody, for listening um, to Drinking Blue Kool-Aid. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, sit back, relax. It's time. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast made by lifelong Lions fans, UJ. I've been really drinking a lot of Kool-Aid tonight. Special brand of Kool-Aid called Weller. Bob. It's hard to find the little losses here. Stafford, <laughs> regular season MVP. Rudd Dog. We're going to just be that team that yeah. just can flow like water and adapt to any team. The new dynasty is born. And Connor got to be Stafford. Now with the two tight end sets that I'm so excited about, I see it all clicking. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. Forward down the field. One pride. Get your Kool-Aid. It's time for the pod. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back. It's July 20th. I know we've been off for a couple weeks here, but there hasn't been too much football news until recent days and the 4th of July holiday as well. But I'm Big Z, and joining us as always is Rudd Dog, UJ, Bob, and Connor. We got the whole crew here. We're going to be talking about, of course, Detroit Lions football. We're going to be talking about the current state of football right now, and then we're going to venture off and do something that we've been doing, wanted to do for a while, which is talk about our guy Matt Stafford uh, exclusively here. So I think we got a really fun episode coming up for uh, the listeners here. And to get you ready, uh, because believe it or not, I mean, the football season is technically supposed to start in uh, less than two months, which is kind of crazy yeah. considering everything going on right now. And um, it doesn't seem very certain, but there's a few things recently – uh, as we record this today, and news coming out just in a matter of hours ago. So first of all, it, it appears there's going to be no preseason games this year. So I would just want to go around and uh, get the thoughts on that uh, first. <laughs> Is that everybody's giving a thumbs up uh, yeah. on the That's video amazing. here? Uh, the preseason yeah. it's a waste of time, and everyone just gets hurt anyways. So I'd be in favor of abolishing it permanently, in my opinion. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, two preseason games to max. I mean, you do have to give these these rooks a chance to prove themselves, and that's the only chance they're going to get. So it's a little tough on those guys. But uh, as far as the games themselves, no, I'm not going to miss preseason too much. Eh? If I if I have to bring up somebody uh, th- that that uh, is a point of contention on here, maybe a little bit, but uh, but Zach Zenner, do you think he ever gets on an NFL roster if it wasn't for the preseason? Good question. That's just one example that popped in my mind, but. Uh... You know, uh, yeah, th- those it's, are it's, those are the types of guys that make NFL rosters that might not without a preseason game. It's those guys on the edge of the roster that that it matters for, like the guys who are starters. It's almost a hindrance in a lot of ways for some of these guys. 
you know, maybe because the fans are reprieved, you know, from the doldrums of the preseason games. But um, for the players, I think they're going to – a lot of them are going to miss it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it gives us a chance, too, to get excited about certain young guys that we wouldn't normally get to see, you know. Like like you said, like Zenner was a great example. He, he excited people in the preseason. And we say, hey, we might have something here. We aren't going to know until the season starts. And you know they're not going to be experimenting once the season starts. It's They're going to play their best guys. So Some rookies are – going to NFL uh, rookie camps this week, and then NFL training camp is really supposed to start next week. So with all that happening, uh, the NFL is, it looks like they're coming to some agreements on some things. So first of all, if any player wants to opt out for the season, they have to do so by August 1st. So that might be a big date uh, for a lot of NFL teams to see who is going to be playing, who is not. And they had this in baseball as well, where uh, and they have it in NHL, I think, too, where anybody can opt out. Um, but that means if you opt out, you cannot come back at any point in the season. You are done for that year. And they and then for the NFL, they have to do it by August first. Hey, so that, Z, do they do then? Uh, does your contract push down the road? Like, like the Lions would still control them for another year if if one of our guys did that. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I was curious about what opting out meant. So this is what a player who opts out will have his contract toll for a full year. He will not receive his base salary or any other payment scheduled to be earned after the date of the opt-out and he will not earn a benefit credit or an accrued season in 2021 his contract will be reinstated it's like a, a pause on the contract almost it seems uh th- that's what i gather from looking at this that's uh, only fair yeah uh and i know there's been discussions about people reporting to camp and if they report to camp and they get COVID or something like that they they will get a certain pay still they won't get their full salary it's a it's a weird line i think they're still working out some of those things but as far as the opt-out it sounds like a pause on their salary but i'm not sure how that affects salary cap and everything like that i think they have a lot of kinks to work out in that regard too it's a very unique situation obviously what's that rud dog crazy times (laughs) this is wild so many little things to work out right now yeah, exactly, and and apparently there, there's uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, with an NFL uh, expert. Uh, I I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's a Jim Lareso or something from the NFL Network. But either way, he was talking about it. Uh, you know the way certain contracts are structured, and there there could be cap hits next year, especially with some opt out clauses where, uh, you know it could reduce NFL salary caps by twenty to thirty million dollars. So. They're, they have a like they're gonna need probably some amnesty clauses or something in some of these contracts to not have that happen uh but if anybody yeah. indicated that they're gonna do that yet I know JJ Watt was talking about it I don't know if he's gonna he's one guy I heard talking about it I don't know if anybody else did I haven't heard anything concrete especially now yeah I, yeah I haven't heard anything either uh all we know is like Matt Stafford's out working with his boys uh, that's right that, that's all yeah. that matters to us right now and uh <laughs> I know Tom Brady was out working uh, when he wasn't supposed to in Florida. There, those are the only two that I'm. Oh yeah, in the park. Aware. Yeah, exactly. Real men, manly men. Yes. <laughs> um, and then as far, so the players uh, have up to, um, so basically when they report to training camp, they'll be tested daily. You're not allowed to NFL, not allowed to enter the facilities until you test negative for the virus. It'll be daily testing for the first two weeks of training camp. And then after that, if there is a less than 5% positive test rate, then it'll be every other day they get tested. And this is what's consistent with 
It seems like every other sport. I just want to say, some of those guys, you know, weren't too good at tests in school. So <laughs> it, could have, it could affect a large portion of the NFL. <laughs> I didn't go to college for too long. Just ask Cornell Jones. He didn't go to school to, to play school. He went there to play football. Yeah, anyway, exactly. sorry about that. There's there's one more interesting thing I wanted to bring up about um, this and uh, the just the virus and kind of on the trickle down effect or the trickle up effect in this case in terms of college football. There's a lot of talk that it's not going to be played in the fall. It'll be played in the spring. And if they play fo- if they play college football in the spring, how how would that affect the NFL draft and everything like that? It's a very interesting conversation. Would, like, are these guys going to play a whole year of football? Like, if if NFL starts in September next year, like, are they going to play like some of the top guys who know they're going to get drafted? They won't even play. Exactly. Yeah. That's, or they'll play up like until week five and say I had a good game and then I'll I'll step out. Yeah, right. like that's probably it. Yeah. yeah, but all the non NFL guys, I assume, would be plan for usual yeah. or if you're not going to get drafted that year yeah it's pretty wild and there's people that come from high school that start like in spring ball and then they get ready for next year so i, I or people from high school if they actually play their season they can be ready to play for the spring season of college football this year uh so i, I don't know it, it's a wild trickle up effect but then if it goes into spring like how I don't, i'm curious how that would be for the draft and everything like that um be cool that football yeah. in spring <laughs> Yeah, I mean, NFL guys and coaches probably love it because they can watch these guys live uh, rather than just, like, watch their tape. It'll mess with our way-too-early mock drafts, you know, when we're... (laughs) It would mess with that. Our way-too-late mock drafts? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But uh, I think we will have more to say on that uh, once things become clear and people start reporting and... uh, I'm sure August 1st, if, if there's some major opt-out, we will have an emergency podcast or something like that. Um, I, I, I don't know uh, what, what to expect of that, to be honest with you. Like, I'm curious how that works with a guy like, say, Taylor Decker says he wants to opt out, um, and he's in the last year of his contract. It's a rookie contract. Uh, I, I, I just don't know how that all plays out in situations like that. But uh, uh, – <laughs> You, you just messed around with our video over there. It's too much fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, gentlemen, uh, unless you guys have anything to add to that, I think we should uh, move on to our focus of this episode. And that is, of course, our boy, the, the living legend of uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah. I think it's time. Let's do it. Legend. <laughs> so, um, you guys all heard of this guy, Matt Stafford, NFL quarterback yeah. of the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there he was bitten by a radioactive goat. Gave him powers. Ooh, a goat? Yeah. Then we can make a Marvel movie out of it. Big fish. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> Jack is important. Well, well um, just to give a little background on him in case, uh, did he, he was born in Tampa, but he grew up in Dallas. And did you know that he went to Highland Park uh, High School? And did you know that he attended high school with Clayton Kershaw and played baseball with him? What? That can't be true. That's news. That's crazy. That that is brand new information right there. (laughs) That's never been covered before. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I would say he had a a fairly successful career at Georgia. Obviously successful enough to become the Lions' number one draft pick in 2009. And number one overall and, pick. Yes. And number one overall pick. Uh, 
getting seventy million guaranteed dollars before he threw an NFL pass is pretty wild as well. Uh, that that would not happen. Imagine where the Lions probably would have been if they didn't have to pay that contract right away to him. Uh, now one of the now one of the major benefits of drafting a quarterback of that caliber is that you get him on a cheap contract and you can build up the rest of the roster with that money mm-hmm. before you have to pay the quarterback. But uh, like the like the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson right now, he's on his rookie contract and they're able to build up the entire roster with talent. I think he was the second to the last contract like that, right? Sam Bradford came the year after him, if I'm not mistaken, and he had the last big rookie contract before they had the rookie cap. If I'm not. Yep. Uh, yep. Exactly. So. Yeah, and just a little recap. Uh, so Stafford, his first year, uh, went two and eight. Then he got hurt. Uh, got hurt again. His second year, people calling Glassford for a little bit there. Uh, just two freak injuries with with the shoulder. Uh, but then after that, you know, uh, Iron Man. And um, so two and eight his first year, one and two his second year, then ten and six. Um, then 2011, four and twelve, seven and nine, so on and so forth. Uh, but eleven and five. So I mean, he's he's led the Lions at three different playoff seasons uh uj and bob i really want to get your opinions on this especially uh just because you've you've been watching lions football a little longer um than kind of rud dog and i uh so you at least what of what you've seen in your in your time stafford is the best quarterback you've watched yeah ever since uh they took the leather helmets off. I remember the first game I went to and uh no no I am uh, younger than the Bobby Lane era but uh I remember Greg Landry, Gary Danielson, Eric Kramer, Scott Mitchell, all the all the greats, but uh, and Joey Blues guys, who somebody mentioned off the air. Um, but no, Stafford by far in my lifetime is the best quarterback, and so I would put him above Bobby Lane just because he's awesome. So, what about yeah. you, UJ? Yeah, Stafford's one of the main reasons I watch the Lions these days, and has been for the last ten years. He's the most exciting player on that team. His his arm is unbelievable. Uh, the things he does with with the passing game is, is unreal. I don't think he gets near enough credit. Yeah, he's definitely the biggest reason to tune into the Lions in the last 10 years. Hopefully we got enough team around him now. He can take it to the next level. But, yeah, Stafford's a great quarterback, underrated by almost all the media. Not here, though. Um, Scott Scott Mitchell's the one that uh, got our only playoff victory, right, with, in the Barry Sanders era? That, that was that Eric was, Kramer. Uh, Eric Kramer. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is he the greatest Lions quarterback? Because he won the only NFL, uh, only playoff game in the Super Bowl era. Nope. No. <laughs> no. He, he was pretty good, though. Actually, he was okay. should've, he probably should have kept him a little longer. But he had a well, decent he he play defense. Maybe he'd have a playoff win against New Orleans. But... Yeah, and I'll I'll be bringing that game up later, specifically, Connor. Uh, but uh, it. so I. Let, let's get on to the next part here. And that's just, and we've mentioned it a lot, uh, the media and the coverage of the Lions, but specifically Matt Stafford. I was curious what your guys' thoughts were on this. So ESPN recently released a poll of all their analysts. And, you know, it's ESPN. It's a poll, whatever. But uh, just using this as a talking point and kind of how people feel about Stafford as a whole. But here was their top ten quarterbacks. Mahomes. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and then number ten, Matt Stafford. What are our, what are our thoughts on that? Is that a fair uh, ranking for Matt Stafford, tenth overall in the league, behind uh, the likes of uh, Wentz and Press Prescott at eight? Yeah. Well, if you're if you're looking at him as a whole, then I, I might agree. You know, as a whole, I disagree. You know, he 
But as a quarterback, I think he's Wait. more top five. There's about five guys ahead of him. Maybe. Wait, did you say as a whole you agree and as a whole you yeah. disagree? I double spoke. <laughs> so, what you, so what do you really think? As a whole, I disagree. Yeah. I don't know. I, the joke's dead. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's a terrible rate. I don't think there's ten better quarterbacks or nine for that matter. Uh, I think Carson Wentz, no way. Uh, Dak Prescott, for no, damn no sure way. not. Uh, yeah, no way. I mean, not. I don't even think Brady at this stage of his career is better than Stafford. He's not uh, even better than Mitch at this stage of his career. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think he's he's top five easy, especially if you factor into quality of teams around him. I think you can easily make an argument for top five, and anything less is just people not giving him his due. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at this list. Mahomes, I mean, everybody on here has is, is won a playoff game except for, uh, I believe, Carson Wentz is the only one that has an S because he was injured. So do you think, that, I mean, that's that's got to be a factor in some of these rankings. Right? Yeah, I is think so. The playoff Probably. success? I mean, Brady, I mean, yeah, it speaks for himself. Mahomes, yeah. Russell Wilson. I mean, Mahomes and I, 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 I would agree with Mahomes and Wilson being up there. I think those are two really good quarterbacks. How about Aaron Rodgers? Do we think Aaron Rodgers should be ahead of Matt Stafford well, at this rate? He, he's it's got the uh, stats last year. You know, the resume, you know. The resume, yeah. It's, uh, it's past work. He kind of makes some arguments. But for that matter, I, I don't think Lamar I mean, Jackson is better than Stafford just because he can run a lot. Like He did have a really good year last year. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Stafford's a better quarterback. Have you guys ever heard of Stafford being compared to Dan Marino in terms of a guy that's that puts up ridiculous stats? I've heard but, that. Uh, no, never gets the big one. I heard. Is that a fair comparison? I heard it and dismissed uh, it immediately. Well, I guess it's a fair comparison. I mean, Marino was a great passer, had an unbelievable arm, uh, big stats, a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he never could win the big game either. So, I guess it's a fair comparison. I mean, Stafford has 41,000 yards uh, in his career and now 256 touchdowns already in his career. He's on pace to break all these records uh, just because he's – I mean, he had 13 and 2,200 uh, after – well, the big the big one is in his third year in the league, he had 5,038 yards passing and 41 touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. definitely boosted him right away into the, the stratosphere in terms of the top young quarterbacks and just in terms of on the – the projection to beat all these records uh, just because he's been doing it for so long. But in, in those two years, 2011, 2012, he threw 663 pass attempts and then 727. Uh, compare that to uh, in 2018 when he threw 555 pass attempts. So uh, under Scott Linehan, it was all shotgun all the time. It was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, one of the things I think is underrated is just what, uh, you know, we talk about Calvin Johnson, how great his career was, but Calvin Johnson might not have the career he had without Matt Stafford, a quarterback. Uh, yeah. Cause uh, there was a lot of the I mean, haters were saying that Calvin was making Stafford, you know, like people who hated Stafford. And then, uh, you could argue that Stafford had his best year last year. I mean, up this first half of the year or whatever, until he got hurt without Calvin. I think yeah. he's an excellent quarterback, no matter so Bob, Bob, you're saying Calvin was holding back Stafford? <laughs> no, you can make no, but for that. But uh, but I do think he did kind of rely on him a little much because you got Calvin. You're going to throw the ball up to Calvin. Yeah, exactly. So 
It made him a better quarterback, probably, not to have him. I mean, you need talented receivers, but when you have one guy standing out like that, it might have uh, – Not yeah, to game had with the most of the time. It was only Calvin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the, there, I mean, there's a play in specific that, I mean, Calvin should be thankful for. He had Stafford, uh, I believe, is the Cincinnati Bengals – Stafford's like rolling over to the middle of the field. He's he's about to get hit and just throws like a sixty yard bomb. Now now no Calvin's covered with three people, but I'm saying no other quarterback's gonna get it sixty yards down the field like a sidearm while getting hit, uh, other than Stafford. So yeah. I mean, Stafford gave Calvin Johnson opportunities. A lot of other quarterbacks um in the league never would have been even able to come close to. Like uh Jeff Driscoll's not throwing it sixty yards like that on the yeah. run. Oh yeah. I know that's a or uh, even even Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not going to do that. Yeah, from a for pure talent standpoint, I think there's no argument. I mean, that Stafford's one of the greats in the game right now. And uh, Connor, you remember this when uh, when when Stafford was a rookie. You remember Killer Kowalski, Tom yeah. uh, Killer, uh, uh, the beat writer, eleven thirty. He was great. But I remember when they drafted him because there was some controversy whether they should draft him or not. Killer was saying like you got to see this guy up close and throwing and it's amazing. And, and Connor and I went to that camp that year when he was a rookie and just watching the ball come out of his hands. is like, Jesus Christ, this is different, you know, than what we've yeah. seen before with the lions. And just I think it's borne out through his career, but he's special. So go ahead. No, I think, I think most people that get to watch him up close like that say the same thing. I think it was uh, last year. Didn't they play with the Texans at practice uh, week there? Was it with the Texans? I think last year. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches were saying they they were just marveling at the ball coming out of his hands. They said it was unbelievable. I mean, even professional coaches who've seen it all, you know, that they still marvel at the guy's arm. His arm is amazing. Oh yeah, and I mean, look at the throw against the Chiefs last year. That one touchdown up the middle to Galladay through like yeah. the tiniest little like a a, a sniper bullet pretty much could you fit. Think through that'll the make our best throws and... yeah. this year. I don't know. I don't know. Wait till the end of the episode to find yeah, out. Stafford throw that into the day or whatever. Yeah, I thought we were doing that today. <laughs> Dean to be our cornerback of the week. We, I said end of the episode. I said wait. I'm I'm keeping the listeners, you know, intrigued to the end. <laughs> oh, here. gotcha. That's what a host does. <laughs> hey, they keep them, they keep he, them. he used to watch Bobby Lane play, you know, so he yeah, doesn't well, hear too you know, good no more. I was out <laughs> drinking with Bobby oh. Lane, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, Lions, so Lions win. <laughs> I know we were just talking about Calvin Johnson and uh, you know some of his supporting cast, but I want to talk about Stafford and his. So, is this current offensive roster that the Lions have the best supporting cast Stafford is going to have in his career? If the running backs work out, it could be that way. Yeah, sure. but it's hard to. Know. Yeah, I mean, is this the best? Let's start at offensive line. Is this the best offensive line he's going to have? Because I, I, I would say in his time here, he hasn't really had an, an elite yeah, it's, offensive line. It's hard line to think of a means. year with a really memorable one. Um, best year probably. was with uh, Rob Sims, Bacchus, Raiola. Yeah, um, like in the earlier. Warford and uh, Reef, I think it was. Or no, it wasn't Reef. It was Rob Carolus, maybe. But that year, when they finally put a decent guard between Bacchus and uh, Rayola, and the line really gelled well for Stafford that year. But besides that, I mean, it's been hit or miss. I mean, who uh, was Rayola ever an elite center though? He was underrated. I thought like, mm-hmm. he was yeah. a little undersized. I was, he was top notch at times when he actually had a good sporting cast. They used to call him the midget, but he was good. 
He, I, I liked him. He was fiery, man. The guy was oh, an intense yeah. player. <laughs> He was, I mean, he was fiery for sure. I just don't know if he was ever a, like a top, a tier center like we can see of the likes of uh, Travis Swanson that we have right I mean, now. He wasn't, he wasn't an elite athletic specimen like guys like that, but like he definitely played top notch at times. But I, it would I think be the best. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. There's still too many question marks of what we got going into this season. No, I thought last year would have been like the top offensive line he had, and then seemed uh, like it was going to be good. Yeah. yeah, and Rick Wagner didn't really pan out, unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, th- this has been Bob Quid's focus is the offensive line since he. I mean, literally his first big signing was an offensive lineman, or being first uh, draft pick, offensive lineman. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't. I I think this upcoming year is the best offensive line he's going to have in the last ten years, with the exception of maybe the the Warford thing. I, I and the, but I I really I really like the makeup of this offensive line, but also. Uh, yeah, no, go I, ahead, saying, I think it could be one of the most like solidly staffed lines where there's actually consistently good players at every position and depth. But I mean, there's too many question marks. We were looking at maybe two rookies starting with a, a guy at right tackle who's never been a starter for any significant period of time. So I mean, I like the talent, I like our depth, but I don't know what we have there yet. That's it's just too early to say. I mean, I like the potential, though. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, how, let's go to the receivers now. Is this the best receiving core he's had from top to bottom? I yeah. know we, we mentioned we had, they had Calvin Johnson and Nate Burleson at one point, but I'm talking top to bottom, and this includes the tight end, the, well, the receiving part point. of the tight ends. I mean, Hawkinson should be our best receiving tight end in a while. Sorry, Ebron. Um, and Galladay and Jones are amazing. Like, yeah, Calvin was great, but to have both those guys at once, and I think Amendola is, you know, pretty good. I mean, he's no golden tits. I think he's very reliable. Uh, Amendola, yeah. yeah, super I'd say reliable. Top to bottom, yeah. yes, but not. But we definitely have had more talent at the very top in previous. We got the future. Well, of course, we have Calvin Johnson. Yeah. And we got the future. Titus Young. Titus Young was great for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plus, we have like solid pros this year, like Titus Young. Had all the talent in the world. If that guy had his head right, that yeah. would have been uh, quite a weapon to have going forward. But he yeah. flamed out. But now we have the hall pass, but he's like a normal guy. So, so right. and uh, we have other guys too. You know, we did have the Herman Moore and Johnny Morton years. Those were pretty good. Yeah, those, Brett those Perriman guys, and yeah, fantastic. And Perriman, yeah. We can't forget yeah. the yeah. Alvin and Burleson years, though. I mean, oh yeah. What would the Tate crossover with those two? At all? No, I don't think so. Did Tate no, play with didn't. Calvin? Go- Golden Tate was the signing after Calvin yeah. left. Oh, you're right, you're right. That was well, like that, our big signing. Two years there, Calvin and Burleson. Well, they both hit a thousand yards, I think, one year. Uh, that was a pretty stellar combo. But uh, but to answer your question, Z, yeah, I think this could be the best receiving lineup they've had, uh, but it hasn't yet to be written. Right. Yeah, I, I would still like to see Jesse James uh, come out a little more in terms of receiving, uh, especially with that height. I know, and, right? Uh, Why are they in the, middle. In the end I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. He was out there in those workouts uh, this summer with uh, with Stafford. Uh, so let's uh, let's hope it's we'll you see. know going to yield some results. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, if you uh, add uh, like DeAndre Swift in there too as a potential receiver, you know that could be a nice little wrinkle too. Yeah, we still have oh, absolutely. a sure-handed Amendola, too, who's contributing. So we've got a 
Weapons oh, and we can't over. forget Quintus Cephas, <laughs> yeah, bro, right, the future Hall of Famer we have on our roster. I already said that joke, but I'll say it again. Future Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So uh, let, let's get to the final part of this. So I, I uh, two categories here. So I, I want to first get to this top three games in Stafford's career um, that we all made a list of here. So. Uh, I'll start off with my number three, at least, and I want to see if you guys have it. Um, well, uh, you know what? Can I throw in an honorable mention, or is that against the rules? Why not? Speaking the rules. You do whatever you want. It's our, our show. So my my. <laughs> All right. So because I was debating between on number three for this, so my honorable mention was that playoff game, uh, Connor against the Saints. Stafford to the end zone, and it will be caught by Johnson for the touchdown. Calvin Johnson gives Detroit the lead again. I thought it was uh, his first like real real spotlight game like in the moment, and he, he comes out, um, he throws for 380 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Uh, two interceptions, but, you know, I don't remember those. And then uh, Calvin Johnson in that game at 211 yards and two, two catches. Oh, we lost this game, by the way. We got killed. 45 to 28, but it was a close game up until mid fourth quarter. That looked, that looked a very good but game. I, if, and I think Connor was mentioning if we had any sort of semblance of a defense that year, talk about a killer team. But uh, yeah, I mean it was all offense that year. As I mentioned, he threw for 5,000 yards, 40 plus touchdowns, and uh, nothing to show for ultimately in playoff victories that year. But that was my honorable mention. Did anybody else have that on their list by any no, chance? Not me. No. No. All right. So my. My actual number three, then, um, this is, you know, it, the game didn't count for anything, but my God, it was so fun to watch and one of my favorite Stafford games. Uh, 520 yards, five touchdowns, uh, two picks, and they lost 45 to 41 to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I was going to mention I mean, that one. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. Flynn outdueled him. Yeah. Matt uh, Flynn in this game had 480 and six touchdowns and only oh one God. pick, but. Man, Matt Stafford was so good in this game. He was just so good. Uh, and and this is like in the freezing cold in a game that didn't really matter. But I mean, he was just on fire that game. He can do no wrong, pretty much. He got Flynn, so that was my Flynn number got three. Of dollars from that game, based yeah. on that game. Wait, he did. Yeah. He, he, he never even started a game for Seattle after getting that big contract. <laughs> they call us the Career Makers. That's another nickname yeah. for the Troy Lions. So you, Jay, and Bob, you guys had that on your list. That was as well. my number three. <laughs> that was. <laughs> that actually was. Um. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Connor and Rudd Dog, what'd you guys say number? We say it at the same time. Connor, go ahead. <laughs> um. You can go first if you want. I don't care. No, no. Go ahead. I was. All right, Connor, go. Um. I have my number three as uh, the Lions Cowboys 2013 game. The Detroit Lions. No timeouts left. Time is running. They're at the one, and Stafford says, come on in. Reaches over. Touchdown. Um, that actually oh, wasn't okay. really Stafford's best game, but I thought my single favorite Stafford moment when he does the QB sneak, uh, screaming at Riley and goes the end zone. I've just never seen anything like that before. And I just think that's like such a clutch gene moment. Um Clock it, clock Um Yeah, I think he only had one touchdown, two interceptions that game, but uh I just thought that play was like 
like not many QBs are going to do that. So that's why I'm throwing no it. other QBs going to do that. Oh yeah, and 488 yards, Connor, and and 329 to Calvin Johnson. In yeah, game. no, he popped off. That <laughs> he never relied uh, on Calvin. Uh, that was that, that was my number two, Connor. My number I agree. two. I mean, on on, the, on that list uh, or on that dri- that last drive, he made some incredible throws that you wouldn't see anybody else in the league made. Just absolute bullets yeah. through like double coverage. I mean, uh, everything you everything we love about Stafford is on that last drive, and it, I mean, just just incredible. Uh, so yeah, that was my number two. Rod Doggy said that yeah, was your that number was my two. number two. That was my number two. <laughs> It's just a legendary yeah. play. Like it's just like so it is. An, an improvised like sneak like that when you're supposed to spike it. Like just oh no, that that shows ultimate game awareness, ultimate living in the moment. It was just a, a great, such a great signature moment for Stafford. Oh hell yeah, very memorable. But uh, my number three, <laughs> since we're kind of jumping ahead, is uh, was actually the was the Atlanta Falcons game in London. When we came back. Really? Yeah, just, I don't know. He had so many comebacks. I just picked one that was memorable. Like, because I love all his, he had, I mean, how many comebacks? Like 30 by now. But uh, that game, I don't know. It was just so crazy. We managed to come back and win a, in a foreign country. Like, I don't know. It just was a cool game. I mean, I don't really remember that game for um... – Stafford as much personally as I just remember the Lions just getting like incredibly lucky at the end of the game. Well, you know that year, despite Caldwell's terrible coaching, that year was the first year Caldwell was a coach, and we had what uh, Terrell Austin as the defensive coordinator and Joe Lombardi as the freaking offensive coordinator. We might as well just had a a wooden post, and that would have probably been bet an upgrade. But, uh, I mean, Jim Bob Cooter was an upgrade, so, you know, that tells you all you need to know. Uh, God rest his soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, that, that, just, that season, our defense was top-notch, and our offense was Matt Stafford and, like, two skill players, mm-hmm. like, and terrible offensive coordinating. And he had how many comeback victories in that year, and it was just amazing. But that one started it off like, oh yeah, it was like one of the earliest ones, and that was just all, I don't know. That one stuck with me a little bit. So in that game, Rod Dog uh, Stafford had 325 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. 151 of those to Golden Tate on. It, it, he was targeted 15 times, caught it seven times in that game. But uh, definitely favored in that offense oh, for yeah. sure. Uh, but but uh, do you guys remember how that game ended? Like the Lions are in field goal position. There's like 15 seconds left on the clock. They have no timeouts and they run the ball. Like like what what yeah. like first of all before that before that the Falcons all they have to do is pretty much run out the clock. They decide to run a screen pass for some stupid reason with a minute left. The Lions have no timeouts. So all they have to do is run it and punt it, and the Lions get back with 10 seconds. Instead, they run a screen pass. With a minute left, they drop the screen pass, an incomplete pass, so the Lions get the ball with a minute left, enough time to get in field goal range. Then the Lions run that that play with no timeouts, like clearly not enough time to set up a field goal. But then the they get a delay of game penalty. No, 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 this no, no. still burning them no, up. They had no, a, no, 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 no,
so it brings them back 10 yards. Then Prater misses the field goal, but there's a delay of game, and so they get a five-yard penalty, and then they kick a 48-yard field goal to win it. Just a bonkers, and like a perfectly London-esque game, just like in the, over across the pond there, just crazy shit happening. But and I also distinctly remember because it was a morning game and they don't have a lot of those. We would have got. I love the London games. I wish we had them yeah, more often. The Lions were going to get one this year, probably too. I was so bummed. They were supposed to play the Jaguars yeah, over there. Maybe can audible it to next year's schedule. Yeah. I don't know. I hope so. But uh, yeah, so uh, Rudd Dog is your number three. You said my number two is the Cowboys yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, your number two is the Cowboys, the Cowboys. game. Yeah. <laughs> UJ's. Bob, yours is number yeah, two yeah. too. The Cowboys. Yeah. Wait, Connor, what's your number two? My number two is the Thanksgiving game against the Eagles. Oh, that's a good one. Calvin Johnson across from the rookie row. That's where Stafford goes. He's got it for the touchdown. Uh, Stafford went, hold on, I just had the stats up. 27 to 38, 337 passing yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, 45-14 route. And Calvin had three in that game, right? Touchdowns? Yeah, uh, 137.8 passer rating. Uh, I don't remember any specific play of that game being jaw-dropping, but I just knew Stafford was just such a workhorse that game, and he just, like, took total control. And, like, it's a nationally televised game, too, big moment. Like, oh, yeah. I wanted to keep it to wins for the most part on here, so I, I put that as my number two game. Stafford. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he just, just lights out that game. I know he has some back shoulder throws to Calvin in the end zone in that game specifically. Yeah, that's one of their classic matchups together. And it's um, always nice to kill the Eagles. Nobody likes the Eagles nice. fans. It's going to be even nicer now with Slay playing for him. Do you think if, uh, if they, if they don't right. reverse that call on Pettigrew that the Dallas game might have made our list? But it might have. <laughs> it's still nude, Bob. Oh, they win that playoff game. That first year makes sense. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know if that game was a Stafford game, though, Bob. That was a – that. Um, Re, I remember Reggie Bush playing actually really good in that game. You don't want a playoff game if it's a Stafford game. Reggie Bush game. Because they, they fair enough, all the quarterbacks. It's all about the quarterbacks. Playoff. Yeah, That's exactly. True. That's why, like you were talking about at the beginning about his – where he is on the list is because of playoff wins or whatever. So right. Hey, a, anyway. Oh yeah. How much would that the number one game? We all have the same game. I'm gonna bet very high. And and I think everyone out there listening will probably know the game too. Is it the game where he broke the 18 game losing streak against no. the Redskins? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a it was a second win that year I think right no. the second win the Lions they only had two wins that, that year. They against, uh, a Notre Dame quarterback that day yeah that's right we had a great that's game right. actually yeah His Brady Quinn's best, uh, best game so, so of course of course we were talking about the Lions uh, against the Browns in Ford Field a 38-37 victory oh what oh. a beautiful just a beautiful memory. Yeah. Bob and I were at that game. We were. And thank God they, the NFL mic'd up that game because I've watched yeah. that a million oh. times. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a good mic up. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that six and a half minute clip. Stafford being mic'd up. It's it's 
great entertainment. It's so good. Uh, I remember I used to want to, I wanted to skip Brady Quinn for a while. I wasn't <laughs> always on the Stafford wagon, but at the end of the first quarter, everyone was like leaving. Like uh, Bob and I were with someone else who like left at halftime. And we we're like, what the hell? It was looking so bad. We we're going to get blown out by this horrible team. And then Stafford just took yeah, over. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, the line. Yeah. It- uh, uh, Connor, the Lions were down twenty-four to three with three minutes left in the first quarter in this game, and they end yeah. up winning at thirty-eight uh, thirty-seven. I distinctly remember people just lining out like same old Lions, and like we of course stayed because we're the biggest. Yeah, we always fans. stay. Uh, <laughs> that second half was so much fun. And that second quarter too. Really, after the first quarter, it was just a beautiful game to watch. Oh yeah, I mean, these are some of the people that caught touchdown passes in that game for the Lions. Uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, Will Heller, Brandon Pettigrew. Uh, so an interesting roster. This game didn't have any meeting in terms of playoffs when it occurred, but I mean, my five yard for Calvin that game too. I think. Oh yeah, uh, Cal- I mean, Cal- yeah, Calvin was being Calvin, but uh, he had 161 and a touchdown in this game. Kevin Smith had 104 yards receiving in this game. It just showed that Stafford had Stafford. true grit. Yeah, what it proved that game. Oh, yeah. When he was hurt and he, he realized they had one more play, he's just like, get the fuck <laughs> off me. Like, get up. <laughs> Cole Pepper's all like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Cole Pepper, yeah. I saw, oh, he's the jack. Yeah. They're all trying to hawk him. He's like, whoa, whoa, get away from me. Like, after the touchdown. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> the arm. Then Ray all like, I love you, man. I love you, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> one yard past the. Br- that one yard pass to Brendan Pettigrew with pretty much uh, one arm. I know you only throw the ball with one arm, but it's really hard to do when your other <laughs> arm is snap. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Uh, and then I love when the players are, like, trying to high-five him after they score. And he's like, get off me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was the play that, like, cemented Stafford for me as, like, I just love this guy. Like from then on, I was ride or die Stafford. Oh, yeah. Like I'd defend him to anyone, oh, yes. anywhere. I knew he was a little bad. That was the Especially play. Especially because I thought he was literally he... dead for a second after that <laughs> CJ Mosley, I think it was, just yeah. freaking pile driving him into the ground. Like, oh my God, that looks so yeah. painful. He looked like roadkill. This dude's like six six, like three hundred and thirty pounds and just drilled. Oh my oh, god. He looked like Chuck Hughes. Oh. But you know what about that play? Who yeah. actually died on the field? But oh, oh, jeez! I didn't know who Chuck Hughes was. So. I love. <laughs> Sorry about that. He brought that pain on himself because Sorry, he Chuck. kept running back and forth, like just trying to extend that play forever. Like he ran for like ten seconds before he finally got drilled after on release. Like that was just like you knew that I wanted oh, yeah. so bad. And when he threw it, he knew it was coming. He's like, uh, uh-oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he st- he stood in there and threw it, man. He didn't, like, bail out or, you know. Uh, there- there's other quarterbacks in the league that that would just fall in that situation Absolutely. or something. But, he, I mean, he stuck in Let's there. He has his light uh, flash before his eyes. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a big reason why we, we drink the blue Kool-Aid is because we have a guy yeah. like this that we saw in this game and, uh, you know, like th- this is, I mean, this is the reason why I drink the blue Kool Aid so much. I just have so much faith in this guy. Like I just thought, like this is our our destiny to win with this guy, one way or the other. We just got to figure it out because this th- that this game was Coming. just a sign. Like this Coming. is the guy. Oh yeah. Coming soon for sure. He's our guy. And it's coming this year, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we can be in the stands to watch it, but uh, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Hey, don't you guys, don't oh, you guys think uh, 
I, I think part of the problem with the Lions was, I mean, now I think they're building a good team, I, in my opinion, what they're doing right now. But I think part of the problem was Stafford was really good. And he kind of bailed them out a lot of stuff, and they would just rely on Stafford to like throw them out of situations Absolutely. instead of building a complete team. So I think that it kind of worked against them the way they were using him. I don't know what do you guys think of that. Well, look, oh, who the G- look who the GMs were during these years. And stuff. It was it was so horrible. I mean, the Mad Millionaires and the just just <laughs> ridiculous. And you know, I think now, and I know people are impatient. You know, we've had a couple of bad seasons win wise, but this this group now I think is very capable and very competent. And I think it's starting to show. We we just need a little patience, and Stafford will finally have the team around him that we've been waiting for i think it's coming soon i i think i think we all agree with that uh i wish we had a plan like this when he was like 26 yeah hey this is this is the prime for quarterbacks but in their 30 and 35 that's the the prime years prime yeah oh yeah i'm not he's in his prime right now I have a feeling his. It's like a bottle. It's like a bottle of wine that's aged that's and it's right. finally ready to drink. I have drink. a feeling his prime is going to be like a truly exceptional because I even from the beginning I had a theory about him because the way he threw the ball, like how many rocket Dude. shots would he just like like break his receiver's fingers because he was just throwing it so hard and he never really had any touch. He would just zing these lines on a rope and if he missed by an inch, he missed by a mile. But. uh I had a feeling as he got older and lost just like a little edge on that arm, which not much, he would start to learn how to put a little more touch on the ball, and we'd really just see him blossom into just like an unstoppable quarterback. And I, I think we started to see that last year before he went down with injury. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So let's move on. To, let's move on to the final segment here yeah. and uh, uh, top three Stafford plays of all time. Um, a hard pick. It is a hard pick. It is a hard pick. My number three was that Kansas City throw. Uh, I, I that that we mentioned earlier in this game. I, I just it, it's just an incredible throw. I don't think anybody else in the entire league can make. Uh, so that that was my number three personally. Uh, I, I I don't know what you guys uh, had it. Your number three. Well, that's my honorable um, that's number my three. Honorable. I, I would go with that. That uh, oh, go ahead. What. Oh, UJ was just saying that was his honorable <laughs> yeah. mention, Bob. That's all. I was going to spend the rules again. Like go I with that uh, the Dallas the Dallas game where uh, he threw it in triple coverage to Calvin. That throw, mm-hmm. but that made Sports Illustrated cover and everything. Oh, that, that was, was awesome. one of the amazing yeah, throws. Was great. It was. Yeah. How about you, Connor? Yeah, that was my number three as well. Uh, I remember that cover still. Like, I think we had that in our house for a long time, and I would just, like, pick it up occasionally and look at it. But such a great play. Uh, not much else to say about it. Was really. that the Clockett game they were talking about? No, no, the other Dallas game. Oh, oh. No. no, this was yeah, in, in Dallas. Yeah, okay, in Dallas. Then. Which made it even better that it happened in oh, Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So who's next? Me. Uh, Red Dog, the, Red uh, Dog. One of them that popped into my mind is the uh, is a Dallas game, but the one with the clocky game, the the throw that set up the throw that got him to the one yard line <laughs> on the left sideline, where he just throws an absolute bullet. I think it was Calvin, but I'm not 100. I can't. Do you know? The, it it's was Calvin. Calvin. Yeah, he just throws that rope on the sideline, just like 
that was and it was so fast and just it was such a sick throw. And then he hits him on the next play down to the one, set up the go ahead. Absolutely. How about oh, you? My number Jay? three is in the same game as the pass right after the one Jack just uh Rudd Dog just said. Uh Kelvin was uh, ran just like a post and he was uh he was running like toward the flag and then he cut inside. Stafford, from the right camera angle, you see he's already let go of the ball before Calvin makes his cut, and he's, and he's covered tightly, tight coverage. Calvin turns, and the ball is right in his midst. He gets down to the one-yard line, which set up the uh, Stafford sneak. But I, I think that was just, a, just an unbelievable pass with a lot of traffic around it. I thought it was a great pass, pinpoint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my number three. All right, so I'll go into my number two, and it's the throw to Andre Roberts against the Vikings uh, a few years ago. The Lions at 17 seconds from their own 20-yard line. He he just fires and absolutely guns a, a 35-yard pass, I believe, to Andre Roberts over the middle. Andre Roberts made a really nice catch. It was a little behind his right shoulder, but it, it was absolutely gun, and there was two guys on him. Only one spot to put the football. Then a run down and clock it, and Matt Prayer makes a 58-yard field goal to send it in overtime, which we won with the Golden Tate, that flip in the end zone, if you recall. Yeah. All set up by Matt Stafford, and absolute, just an absolute gun. Yeah. So I, I think it's a play that doesn't get talked about enough, uh, but only Matt Stafford makes that throw in that situation, I believe. Maybe Mahomes because he has really good arm strength too, but – uh, man, Stafford, just a phenomenal play right there. And I don't think it gets talked about. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to mention that number okay. two. Amazing. How about you, uh, Bob? Let's go to you now, number two. My number two, well, I when I was looking at these throws, I'm thinking of, I guess, the Calvin arrows, like, hot in my mind. Because uh, I'm going to go with another triple coverage throw on a third and 18 <laughs> against the, the Bengals. Uh, 50 yeah. yard pass in the, the end zone to triple coverage. Ball. Calvin reeled it in. You remember that one? Uh, what was that? 2013. That was a good one. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was talking about earlier there a little bit. Uh, Great throw. Yeah. Yeah. The Bengals one. Phenomenal. So, that was Pete, Calvin, and Stafford just throwing up between four dudes. Let's Calvin. Get like... what, and he had yeah. to like dodge like three guys around him trying to tackle him and then to get to that. But they always talk about a quarterback putting it where only the receiver can get it. I think no one does yeah. that better than Stafford. I don't think anybody does that better than Stafford. Right? Like, if you see the main play, it just looks like he lobs it. But if you look at Kelvin's perspective, like, it's perfectly Absolutely. thrown to a place where he can get oh, it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's a freakish Yeah, I think after uh, – that was they always talk about how, like, they would talk about how they were they trained with Calvin and everyone. They would play above the defense, right? Like, he'd throw the ball up where only Calvin get it. I think the year after Calvin was gone, we saw a lot of passes sail high over, like, Golden Tate. So he's like, he's like five inches shorter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, it just uh, – Matt Stafford made – him throwing a Calvin like a fun game of 500 sometimes. Yeah. It was fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about you, Rod Dog? What do you have at number My two? My number two is actually a Stafford to Riddick pass. Theo Riddick. It was against the Dolphins. I'm not sure what year it was. It was one of the coolest passes I've ever seen because Stafford rolls out to his left. Riddick runs this route that is like down the left sideline into the end zone. Stafford throws it. Behind the defender, where before Riddick even breaks, and he just like does this little sidearm flick, 
as Riddick breaks around the defender and catches it like an 11-yard touchdown pass. It was one of the coolest passes I've ever seen. I remember that play. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. the timing coordination of it all. It's just so sick. And the accuracy. Oh, yeah. No, no I, I agree. That, that was a – that's a phenomenal play. That's a that's a good one right yeah, there. That's like one that now. Lot. If Mahomes did it, everyone would lose their damn minds. But Stafford did it, and I was just like, oh, Stafford, you know, he he throws that weird sidearm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, all right, UJ. How about your number and two? Number two, uh, I believe, against the Minnesota Vikings is one of their the patented Stafford comebacks. Uh, he threw a. a a pass, I believe, it was Chris Durham. I think is his name. He used to play with Stafford in college. I think. Yeah, yeah. They, and they were, it, was, it was the last minute of the game. You know, struggling. He he. What do they call it? The turkey pole or whatever that Stafford threw a perfect pass on the sideline at Chris Durham between two defenders it was just just a picture perfect pass. And it, that one sticks out in my mind and just how sweet it was in the moment. You know, I thought that was a great pass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I tried not well, and my number one is the Cleveland Browns game. Yeah, man. it's hard to. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, mean, how do you make that one? I know. I know we have the same number one play in the game, but uh, I, did anybody else not have that as number one? The last play of the uh, game. I did not have that. I did not have that. One. <laughs> I I don't have that I, one either. I didn't make it. All right, uh, let's start with you then, Bob. What did you All have? Right, well, this this is a uh, it's. It's kind of an encapsulate uh, aspect of Stafford's career that's underrated. I think it's it's not even a throw. It's the, against the 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 um, who was at the at the Tony Titans the when he ran over that quarterback <laughs> cornerback oh. and lowered his shoulder and took him out. Yeah, it's a running play, but and he, I don't even know if he got the first down on it. But he I thought he lost his helmet and one of his helmets flew off and all that. Yeah, because normally you want your quarterback to avoid contact, but he just lowered his shoulder yeah, in there yeah. and, and knocked awesome. the guy down. That was beautiful. I, I, and I think he's a better runner than people give him credit for. I think it's part of his game that's, oh, that's yeah. underrated. So I don't know what the order is, but I, that's on my. Uh, I put that as my number one. So like it. I like nice. it. I do like that. Yeah, that's a really good one. How about you, Jay? Uh, mine is from a game I don't remember who they played against. I know it's the Golden Tape. <laughs> It was a bomb. It was a Golden Tate just ran a fly pattern on the sideline. And Stafford threw this thing just over 60 yards in the air on an absolute rope. You know, Was it, it the Saints? Uh, I don't remember who it was against. I honestly don't remember. But, you know, 60 yards, you know, think about it. Most quarterbacks, they loft one up, let the receiver run under it. No, not Stafford. He goes back there and he throws a rocket on a dime. Just hits Tate on a dime. And, to me, it just showed off the strength of his arm, his accuracy, and it, I watched that thing. I replayed that thing a hundred times to watch it because I, I just couldn't believe what I just saw. And then, you know, the announcers didn't think much of it. You know, just another pass. But to me, I was, it was one of those amazing passes I've ever seen before. It was just a rope, sixty yards, like well, effortless. It was amazing. Well, when you watch it the hundred first time, UJ, tell us who the other team was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then let our listeners know in the they future. Never like, figure it out. <laughs> but, you know, my mind. Probably Google it and figure it out. <laughs> I remember a really good one he had against the Saint, uh, the Saints that he had a really nice throw against. That was a deep throw. That's why I wasn't sure if it was that one. But 
I mean, do you, you, we can go down the list. I do know uh, we, 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 we can talk <laughs> We can talk about as many uh, Marvin Hall throws this year as honorable mentions. Uh, any sidearm throw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No we can put all pass. Stafford sidearm throws, all completions that were sidearm throws in the Stafford throw. Uh, Honorable mention list here yeah, as see, well. That's, was it? Uh, not, I didn't know it was plays. I for some reason I thought we were doing just best throws, but either or it, it's how you interpret the. Always bend the rules a little. The the, the category. Rules are made to be broken, man. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Bob's the leader of breaking. Them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So I think that's going to wrap it up for hey, us here to- on this episode. What's that? Oh, we're going to talk about our number one. That you said your number one was the Browns know, one, but I wanted to talk about it more. Oh, Should okay. <laughs> How awesome it was! It was the shortest pass ever. <laughs> I know, but it was awesome. It took two seconds. Yeah, it was like, snapping through it. It wasn't over. Even we also talked about but it for five context. minutes in the previous. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about but that. But the context, oh, yeah. it was like. Just, just had his rewind the podcast and you can hear about it again. <laughs> I'd like to say, uh, Stafford, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the pod. Oh, talk about absolutely. Yeah. And congratulations yeah. on your newest uh, baby. Uh, you're a girl daddy. We love it. Um, a girl, yeah, a four, girl four-time girl daddy uh, champion. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do we know the child's name? Tyler. 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 Okay, okay. So um, Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, Twitter at Drinking Lions. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please leave a review. Share with whomever you, you want to be drinking the Blue Kool-Aid with us as well along for this upcoming season that we hope to you can't start wait on for football. Some... Yeah, I can't wait for sports in general Anything. to come back. And <laughs> I know. Baseball and NBA are supposed to start next week from this recording and uh, hockey the week after that. So we do have something to look forward to. Uh, when is curling start? I, I think, you know, something could change in the next week. Who knows? But uh, we want football especially to be bad. Yeah. Uh, it's the only one I really care about. So, yeah. So uh, let, let's just hope we get it back, gentlemen. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And last but not least, as always, Go, go Brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.